0: all right all right everybody so if you're in the chat right now we're on we're live on youtube we're live on our our little cozy nobody can find us unlisted stream how's everybody feeling tonight here we are chilling out it's uh, myself it is jay dyer what's going on jay
1: Hey, dude. What's up? Glad to be back. That was great to me. be
0: back, and I'm glad you're 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 sticking with the 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 cozy Marxist red. Yeah,
1: I thought it's it was fitting. So why not keep doing it? No, it is. Does it bug you?
0: No, no, not at all. Not at all. Like I said, okay. it's it it actually adds a little bit of a an intensity to what's going on here tonight. But <laughs> but you know, um, let's start a little bit by talking about. And as everybody's filing in, and everybody's hey man, the, Ann, Chris in the chat room just said, did everyone take their soma? Yes. Yes, many grams, many grams just to get through this evening, <laughs> talking about banking collapses and everything else. But um, as far as the SOMA goes, let's just do a little bit on on top of the, the, the general thoughts again, and then we'll get into what people are saying about this second grouping of chapters for Brave New World. Jay, in chapter one through three, it really was a a, a stark introduction to the world in which we were going to be. Experiencing this story play out Uh, very suffocating from a genetic standpoint from the social conditioning standpoint Uh, We saw a lot of parallels to where we are right now I believe that chapters four five and six were the 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 tail end of that introduction to this world because in chapter six We're getting into a little bit more exploring the rest of the world You're getting into a little bit more of the the characters like Bernard Marx uh, who are uh, actually, he and um, what, what's the Wilhelm? What's his name again? I forget the the guys. Holmes Watson. Yes. You see some struggle inside of people that I want to get around to, and how that is going to express itself as we go e- deeper into this world. But, um, your general thoughts from page for uh, chapters four, five, and six that would be great. Um. Yeah. So
1: we're gonna get a little, like you said, a little deeper analysis of different, uh, characters and their motivations, their psyche. And, uh, the most, most exciting element of the next three will be the religious ceremony, or should I say the rave, the techno church rave. So <laughs> if you, if you enjoyed that chapter, oh, uh, I think that yeah. will stick out because <laughs> yeah. we have the new world religion being mentioned. Um, and I wanted to remind everybody too, that. Another uh, name or two that'll pop up that are significant in terms of characters' names. Remember, we've had Lenin, Marks, For- Ford, Watson, Engels, Rothschild, all being mentioned. And I think that's clearly on purpose. Uh, not Quigley. Uh, Huxley is telling us who really runs this whole uh, real system, basically. So, and it's Bloods and Brains, right? Bloods being the, the Blue Blood people that um, represent... Maybe the power structure or the banking structure, and then the the brains being the science names. Uh, for example, Helmholtz Watson, J. B. Watson, of course, is the uh, psychologist, and then Helmholtz Helmholtz is a famous German physicist. So. Um, it's you're either named after a scientist or a, a Marxist or an industrialist it's yeah it's
0: incredible and th- there's a lot of you can see that there is a little bit a, uh, a, a a concerted effort to kind of it's hard to see like for example somebody today with this ridiculous paradigm in which the media operates and they they characterize one thing as far left or far right and you would think that someone like Henry Ford would be on the far right you know, and uh, it, but when you look into this, you start seeing that for, for at least for someone like Aldous Huxley Who was living through this and and uh, and had seen the world developing in a very serious way? He didn't seem to 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 really see a uh, a really stark difference between what kind of role everybody was fulfilling when it came to bringing Humanity into new iterations of itself and it's a, it's a serious it, It's a it's a serious um world view that he's putting out there too there's nothing left and yeah so continue on with that and listen Jay don't don't hold yourself back from going into the deepest of dives whenever it comes up too you don't have to hold yourself back because of me
1: well the next element that comes up is that the we see more into the cast system and how structured and uh, uh, hierarchical they are because we're supposed to think that in the revolutions we're, i thought we were achieving equality right yes but this is a rigid cast system and you get what he calls town-sized factories so uh at brentford the television corporation's factory was like a small town um and then we get another insight into the different uh, castes and how they view themselves and i thought it was interesting the further delving into how each cast has their own specific conditioning. So if you're a gamma, uh, or an epsilon, you're conditioned to believe that it's best for you to be that. And everybody else is bad, even the ones that are alphas, right? So the gammas it says they don't want to be alphas. They're happy to be gammas. I'm glad I'm not a gamma, (laughs) right? Yes. And you're also, uh, taught to repeat the mantras of your class as well. Mm -hmm. So each one thinks that they're kind of the best and that's part of the control grid right um for how this whole system kind of holds together and it's based on a but at the same time there's this claim that everybody's equal in a a certain way right because they have these rituals where they want to be joined into one for example when we get to the next chapter it's the um the 12 in one uh religious orgy sex magic ritual and but at the same time uh right this is supposed to be a society where we have uh the culmination of all the historical revolutions and i mean by that the french revolution the illuminati revolution which influenced the french revolution uh spartacus weishaupt was a um a communist right former jesuit who became the founder of the so-called illuminati which was a secret society that promoted a radical form of communism and so we've been thinking for all these centuries of communism that oh that's about equality that's about everybody being equal Uh, No, it's about Brave new world because he says that this was always the intention of the revolution was to create this technocratic world order, which is a order based around, you know, Plato's Republic. So, so that's what we really got going on. And we noticed that the lower castes, uh, the epsilons, the uh, gammas and epsilons, or is it gamma, alpha, beta, gamma, delta and epsilon, right? They they are... uh, short dwarf-like and s- slob-like they're basically like morlocks we get a right? lot of a lot of different Wells', uh, time machine
0: no doubt and 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 you say that there's very very dwarf-like or or gnome-like almost even though they're not that short but a lot more of these random references to color i think somebody somebody was um yep. what was it what color it was uh, oh man something somebody
1: of, one of the groups was black one of the groups wears khaki the uh, Green I forget all the different colors, but
0: yeah, it was a different kind of rosy kind of a color not uh, I forget whatever but either way there's still they still throw in those references about oh what, what was another one? Lenina is talking about the the misshapenness of somebody's ears and and attributed right. it to maybe they got a little bit too much of one chemical in the decanter that you, you you know, so everybody is a is a chemical concoction A concocted human being prototype and it's uh it's it's still crazy to see that spark of humanity trying to wriggle itself out of what has been created for them because they all have that that gut feel some of them have a gut feeling that there's something's not right others like lenina total e-thought this is a this is a cam this (laughs) is a cam
1: girl right here lenina got her only fans up (laughs) no doubt she got her only fans running (laughs) keep going No, I was just going to say that, yeah, I found that section, I think, where um, it's talking about the different casts, And then it says, the various Bureau of Propaganda and College of Emotional Engineering were housed in a single 60-story building on Fleet Street. The floors were press offices and offices of three great London newspapers, the Hourly Radio, an uppercast sheet, in pale green, the Gamma Gazette, and on khaki paper was the Delta Mirror. And this came from the Bureau of Propaganda, by television, by the feeling pictures, the synthetic voices and the music, respectively. 22 floors of these and above these were the research laboratories and the padded rooms for the soundtrack writers and the synthetic composers Mm. did their dedication, delicate works. The top 18 floors were the College of Emotional Engineering. So the music and the pop culture is all 100% fake it's synthetic. It's created in a Tavistock style lab in a gigantic, uh, building that's dedicated to culture creation. And that's something that we've highlighted, uh, all the time over here on my side of things with my books, my wife's books, Jamie's books, you know, this is about, um, this is a future where the culture is completely created. And that's because you don't have any, you don't have individual creativity and, and all this kind of stuff, right. In this society, it's, completely uh a top-down scientific dictatorship that gives you your culture and that's what the elites nowadays would actually like to see is this this model
0: i'm glad you bring that up because you know a couple of notes i had uh let me fir- first a couple of ones oh well i mean uh, chapter four opens up with the e-thought she's a popular girl and one time or another had spent a night with almost all of them here at the alpha changing rooms i j- i wrote a little note to myself i said gross I just put <laughs> my thing, but here's here's another, just go running through here what I have um, As uh, this is this is when she was talking with talking with Bernard He couldn't look more upset if I'd asked if I had made a dirty joke And what was that dirty joke like asked him who his mother was or something like that So again to keep throwing it out down there anything that you thought would would tether you to our world What a dirty joke here would be uh, in the future a dirty joke would be who was your mother? Because of course <laughs> right. a mother is the most obscene thing that you could you can uh, you could be or or want to, uh, to have a connection to But when it comes to what you said there oh, I said Bernard is pretty much the the the, the dejected 21st century male type and um, But it was what's his name? Uh, hemholtz When hemholtz is you can tell that he's yeah, he's got it all but he's very He's very depressed He's very inward-looking, and he's thinking about something, and he he wants to get it out. And you you, you start well, I, obviously when we go along in the book, we'll find out a little bit more about what's eating him up. But over here, on page what is it? It's page seventy. What you had said about what creativity in a tyrannical situation like this really is like, uh, it, th- this this page popped out to me right here. I think this better as far as we have seen it so far really shows the plight of the creative mind under these kind of tyrannical situations how it's just so tiringly limited in what material you can you can engage in what kind of or or, or, what material you could entertain what thoughts you could engage in what what words you can use I mean you can't go anywhere and I think that this page right here Hemholtz really just seemed to me tired of having all this intellect and a very narrow a very narrow path a very narrow hallway of what he can do with it and um and and maybe to this point you're just not even have allowed yourself to question ask the bigger questions but that was it um so i'm glad you brought that up i had noticed it too uh let's see here water oh page 73 page 73 phosphorus recovery That's what they're looking at, the crematoriums. Yep. Uh, Explain Henry telegraphically. On on their way up to the chimney, the gases go through the separate treatments. P205 used to go right out of the circulation every time that they cremated someone. Now they recover over 98% of it. More like more than a kilo and a half per adult corpse, which makes the best part of 400 tons of phosphorus every year from England alone, Henry spoke with a happy pride, rejoicing wholeheartedly in the achievement as though it had been his own. Fine to think that we can go on being socially useful even after we're dead, making plants grow. Did you not, the first thing you think about, everybody at home and Jay, the water cremation, hydro cremation uh, uh, plants, and how they have been uh, not only authorized in several states of the union over here, but that some have actually been used in in fertilizing crops.
1: Yeah, Uh, and of all people, it was uh, Luke Perry several years ago when he died that was one of the first to do this. What? Yeah, well, I don't know if he did the water treatment thing, but he was like, I have mandated that when I die, you will make me into a... uh, into fertilizer and put me underneath a tree. So, you know, there's some 90210 for you right there when Luke Uh, Perry decided he wanted to be human fertilizing phosphorus, but I was, it made me think, it made me think of Luke, Luke Perry and it made me think of, uh, um, Malthus and the death care that they're rolling out in Canada right now. Yep. Um, it's all of that. Exactly. And the, uh, I wrote down beneath my notes on the huge crematoriums that there's a euthanasia song, Uh, or maybe it's not a song. Let me see what I wrote. I put phosphorus recovery, he said, goes up through the various chimneys and then we get the different chemicals, blah, blah, blah. Now they uh, recover 98% of it, more than a kilo of a half per adult corpse. So you're still a commodity for the whole system basically. And then he says that we get this in england alone tons of it henry spoke with a happy pride rejoicing wholeheartedly in the achievement as though it had been his fine to think we can go being socially useful even after we're dead making plants grow um oh, i don't know why i put euthanasia song i think i've meant to put euthana- euthanasia based society so yeah so it's a it's a malthusian euthanasia based society and i think malthus gets mentioned um what, a couple pages later, the Malthusian drill? Yes, it was dropped. Malthusian blues, which uh, it's an odd thing to name the music style. Slow Malthusian blues. Yep. Because Malthus is, of course, the father of population control. So, yeah, he's telling you what this is about, and he's pointing out that um, we're going to get sort of the hints of some of the MKUltra stuff in the next section because if you remember, you know, that a lot of, some people theorize that uh Huxley might have had an early role in MKUltra in the UK via uh, Crowley's drug diaries and the more i think about this chapter on um the orgy porgy liturgy that's crowleyan sex magic they're also doing drugs and they call they call upon the supreme being uh so i actually think this is this is a crowleyan thing the more yeah. i think about it and dr richard spence argues that Crowley's drug diaries influenced uh, Huxley and thus then MK Ultra*.
0: This it was probably around page 77 or 76. It's before the actual um, the orgy um, Ceremony ritual thing uh, with the chanting, but we do get drugs and clubbing So I'm, I'm looking at this I'm saying well, you, you got the I started thinking about World. I started thinking about just generally what? what has become, has been popular for a long time, the combination of drugs and the the hypnotic uh, music scene, EDM in particular, and I...
1: It seems like techno, yeah, it's a a techno church.
0: No doubt, I mean, this seemed very modern, very relatable, the drugs and the clubbing thing, I said, whoa, okay, but then when you get to part two, uh, on page 78, and that's when we are at Alternate Thursdays were Bernard's Solidarity Service Days, And, and that, you know, I had forgotten last time I read this was back in 2017 or 18 or what I think 17 or 18 so I had forgotten all about this I forgot about the orgy porgy I forgot about everything so when I saw service days I was like I, for, I forget how religious of a situation this was um, especially when it came down to the name drop that's where you get a nice name drop of um, Rothschild for the first time Morgana yep. Rothschild that's who he got to hook up with uh, Bernard Marx, but then you have on Man all of the, the prayers the church like prayers Ford we are 12. Oh Make us one like drops within the social river. Oh make us now together run as swiftly as thy shining Fliver and there's so much more that comes out here. I'll tell you one thing that I picked up It's on page 84 to say the third paragraph it's all the second the first uh, the second full paragraph feeling that it was time for him to do something bernard also jumped up and shouted i hear him He's coming, but it wasn't true. This is when everybody was going around the room and saying, I hear him, I hear him, and they're, and they're, they're just, you know, it's, it's again, social conditioning. You don't want to be the one to break the chain. You might actually even start uh, thinking you hear something. Then again, you're all hopped up on Soma and the music and everything else. I hear him, but it wasn't true. He heard nothing and for him nobody was coming nobody in spite of the music in spite of the mounting excitement But he waved his arms He shouted with the best of them and when the others began to jig and stamp and shuffle He also jigged and shuffled Jay and everybody at home. I believe that paragraph right there uh, explains what how most liberals live like I, I really do believe that the pressure to conform and uh, i really do believe that it is that powerful i mean th- th- this is just human condition
1: it, it could yeah, be they po- drink it like a last supper ritual uh if you're getting if that's what you're talking and, and he, he talks about the buttocks is, like clapping clapping making, is he making it they making it clap clap, clap. <laughs> but do that's that it twerk. are they actually working in
0: church they're actually slapping each other's asses
1: though no right they are yeah they're, they're making butts clap or something like he uses some phrase they're throwing it, <laughs> like they're that we throwing it back we were looking at that my, my wife and I um yeah so you have this idea that they want to be blended into one and so there's this, the solidarity ritual is presided over by this uh, figure who blesses in the name of our Lord and then they he makes the sign of the t- the Tau, the T as in model T Ford right so the model T has replaced the cross as the symbol of this ritual it's a kind of a civic religion which we get from people like Auguste Comte who had the idea back uh, at the beginning of of early um, social theory, he was in the train of those, uh, in the French revolutionary theorists who were socialists. And Auguste Comte, again, basically one of the co-founders of sociology, the discipline, he said that the state needs to invent and create a fake state-based religion, a civic religion that it could control. And um, I think that's kind of what's being hinted at here. And so what they found to be, the best blending of that is something that has elements of Christianity, elements of uh, mind control, drugs, and and, and basically like, like, like we said, like a rave. So it's basically like a rave. And in this ceremony, you got 12 people who come together and they want to become one and they, they call upon the Supreme being, which is, uh, I think, intended to be kind of Masonic. It's called the greater being, but I mean, it's might as well be the Supreme being. You have 12 people, which is again, kind of, anti-christian symbology which we already saw with Mustafa mond when he was um saying that the little uh, sexualized children should come unto him right he had that, that antichrist imagery going on and then i think this ceremony is supposed to be a kind of uh orgiastic initiation ritual that's in an inversion right it's almost kind of like it it really is kind of like a sex magic ritual right no doubt um and so again i think it's it's a crowleyan thing they sing these songs they chant this stuff um there's one other thing i was going to tell you that stuck out to me you know it's and they say it's a liturgy they even make make reference to a liturgical refrain which means that it's right like a church service and uh oh it reminded me of the i apologize if if i'm over mentioning this because i mention it all the time (laughs) every time on a podcast i mention the c.s lewis space trilogy uh in the third one, you're going to love that when you get to that. In the third uh, volume of the Space Trilogy, the Illuminate Confirm uh, initiate people. So they Everybody thinks they're scientists. They're this technocratic elite, and they initiate people through something like this. Really? <laughs> it's pretty wild.
0: Oh, wow. Then you know, I have to read it. No doubt. I have to read that. That's something I have to put on my list. And For, Particularly the third one. It'll really blow your mind. How, how many in that, in that set? Three? Just three. Just three.
1: Yeah, the space trilogy is three volumes, and they're all very different. But the third one is basically a, a dystopia like this. Well, but it's more—it's a—it's a Christian version of it. It's like a Christian if a Christian wrote a dystopia, so it has a good message. Not a 1984 and Brave New World have pretty depressing messages.
0: It's very depressing, and, and but and here's where it gets where where I think we're going now, because everything that you and I just spoke about right there, and everybody in the chat room that's following along, and everybody at home too who listens to this after the fact we have pretty much summed up what was going on inside of chapters four and five, which I think up to and including the end of chapter five is the official crash course in building the foundation for the world that you are going to see these characters fulfill the plot now, in which they're going to be fulfilling the, the plot. We've got everything from how humanity is, is created and, and managed, on a biochemical sense to keep everything not no more pyramid like structures to society it has to be a straight column um how everybody is in their own caste system we have seen the social conditioning we have seen the 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 promiscuity the the stripping away towards
1: the world religion
0: no and there you go the last one right there is what what supplements the spiritual end of things and there you go there's the world religion that kind of universalist thing now chapter six Is Where I think we we kick off into what the rest of the book is the adventure that is going to be there and a lot of the Confusion and the conflict inside of characters like Bernard Marx Over here Bernard has Lenina out with him, and I think it's on page 89 This is where you see how the relationships are even more confounding than usual I mean you go any any one of us we grow up we meet new people Friends girlfriends boyfriends we get married it, the human relationships are complex and it, it, it takes a lot of you know Messing up and learning about people to actually be able to read a room to read body language Whatever and it's hard enough, you know hu- uh, human beings are, are more are, are as confounding as they are But it's so much harder than usual you can see for these people because they actually can't There's nothing inside. They have no tools available to them to form a relationship
1: um, well, they're, yeah, they're controlled by hedonism, and so like we said, sexuality has been divorced from uh, any kind of meaningful pair bonding and from procreation, and it's turned into something that's completely recreational for pleasure's sake, and it's done on purpose to control. So you control the society through their base desires, and ultimately control them through arrested development. That's why uh, is it? Hemholtz keeps asking, why do we have to be like kids? Why can't we be adults? And then I think Bernard asked something very similar, to, or one of the two. And that's because it everybody's kept in this, uh, immature, a state of arrested development and Huxley was predicting exactly where we are. Right. I mean, this was like 30 years before the sixties sexual revolution. Right. Mm -hmm. So here we are in 2023, basically entering into a very new world, uh, which is what he wrote about in 1930s. So yeah, um, that control through the base passions, uh, sometimes called libido dominandi, uh, control through hedonism and keeping everybody in this arrest development state, which is also, again, a Crowleyan idea, the aeon of the, of the child.
0: And, and here it is right there. Uh, apparently, this is on page 89. Apparently, for going uh, for going on walks in the Lake District, for that was what he now proposed, land on the top of Skiddaw and uh, walk for a couple of hours in the heather. Alone with you, Lenina. But Bernard, we shall be alone all night. Bernard blushed and looked away. I meant alone for talking, he mumbled. Talking? But about what? You know, it, it's just—it's so out of. I mean, she can't even consider or comprehend what. Yeah, they Aang don't want to
1: think. Thinking th- is something looked down upon, and that's why they um, retreat to pleasure any time they're tempted with wanting to think.
0: Um, on page ninety-one, this should be very. Very familiar to people uh, right now. Page 91, in a different key, how can I? He repeated meditatively. Uh, No, the real problem is, how is it that I can't? Or rather, because after all, I know quite well why I can't. What would it be like if I could, if I were free, not enslaved by my conditioning? But Bernard, you're saying the most awful things. Don't you wish you were free, Lenina? I don't know what you mean, I am free. Free to have the most wonderful time. Everybody's happy nowadays and you will own nothing and you will be happy they literally have nothing they don't even have their own thoughts but they have the soma and they have the state and it is the uh, it is the most stark realization of everything that the world economic forum publishes on a (laughs) on a regular basis it's it's just incredible what lenina embodies as far as klaus schwab's
1: uh vision for the world yeah exactly There was a couple more names that popped up too um Bakunin, Hoover, and Habibullah, and I didn't know who Habibullah was, but Habibullah Khan was a reform-minded, enlightened monarch who brought uh, modernity to, his, to to Turkey. So he was seen as a you know super-duper pro- progressive for the time, um, and so that's the only reason his, his name is relevant. Uh, Herbert Hoover, I guess, Hoover Dam and all that for the public works projects. And then Ingalls had been mentioned as well. Mm. I just want to call attention to the names because Huxley, I think, is keying us into by using all these various names from the past, right? Yes. The the per, the, the real secret, I guess you could say, behind uh, who's going to create the Brave New World.
0: And uh, and and as they go through, as they go through the rest of Chapter Six, I think that this is really just a uh, the 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 greatest. The greatest introduction to what is going to drive the character Bernard marks throughout the rest of the book because this interaction this circular Unfulfilling interaction with Lenina that pretty much by page 93 you get the you get the impression that it's a pl- that Bernard lives in a planet that is filled with e thoughts and Instagram
1: <laughs> exactly and, and, and yeah, well, well said, yeah
0: Instagram models, that's just what it is like for example you think I'm all right? Another nod. In every way, perfect. He said aloud, and inwardly, he said to himself, "She thinks of herself that way. She doesn't mind being meat. You know,
1: like yeah, exactly. Just, she, she's happy with
0: it." And he, and, I was and,
1: thinking too about the saxophonist. Did you notice that instead of a saxophone, it's called a saxophone? Yes.
0: Yes. I was waiting to see if they if they had described what.
1: I didn't. Yeah, I was wondering why. It made me think of a uh, like sexy sax man. You know the the. Tim Capello guy from the Lost Boys, sexy saxman. Yes.
0: What, what is that the guy who plays the Wham cover over and over again?
1: No, you remember, you, you've seen Lost Boys, right? Oh yes, yes. Yeah, oh yes, it, yes. The saxophone guy. Yes. Okay. He's, Got you. He's called Sexy Saxman. I, I'm not saying he's sexy. I'm just that's just joking. <laughs> no, they made a skit on that a lot with John Hamm, where he was he was like that guy. Anyway, so I just when I saw saxophone, it made me think of that. But everything is sexualized, right? The whole society is basically dominated by that uh, libido Dominanti, the, the drive our base drives basically um, Anyway, I, I didn't mean to go back to that but uh, that's why, that's why Lenina is uh, like you said, like not a very likable character because she doesn't she has no desire to not be uh, a slave to this system mm-hmm. but it, the, the system controls you by making you a slave to pleasure
0: Yes Yes and uh, and and to end this i don't know what he was thinking cuz he has bernard marks has access to the the savage reservation and i don't think she's ever been there before and and to end right. chapter 6 they're going on over to to take a look at this i thought that on page 103 this was this is pretty telling about how they characterize what's going on in this reservation as opposed to how amazing everything is inside of the the uh, the, the laboratories about 60,000 Indians and half-breeds of absolute savages our inspectors occasionally visit otherwise no communication whatever with the civilized world I still uh, they still preserve their repulsive habits and customs marriage if you know what that is my dear young lady families <laughs> yeah families no conditioning monstrous superstitions Christianity and totemism and ancestor worship, extinct languages such as Zuni and Spanish and Athapaskan, uh, um, uh, uh, pumas, porcupines, and other ferocious animals, infectious diseases, priests, venomous lizards. Sign me up, Jay. It sounds like a it's, it sounds like there's some excitement there at least.
1: Yeah, I think uh, the it's like a zoo, right? So they they picture the reservation, quote unquote, uh, as a. It's, it's just part of the overall scientific dictatorship experiment and it's the natural reservation is really just a human zoo that kind of like a museum preserves the old ways of life but only for you know scientific purposes that's it. it's not mm-hmm. like it's not like you can opt out and go live there or something like that right
0: yes yes and yeah
1: it's, it is odd that they kept this quote reservation and that probably is hearkening and, and you'll notice it's in the areas where in the U S there's Indian reservations, right? And the thing about any Indian, Indian reservations is that those are the, some of the first places where we can really see the microcosm of the technocratic control grid that was rolled out a long time ago by getting the Indians onto, um, welfare, getting them onto reservations. That was a means of control. And if you've ever dr- dr- driven to those areas of the country, I've been over there many times through, through that area, all of the areas where the Indian reservations are, um, you can see how it's a totally a control system. It's just a means of creating a, a ghetto control system. We're all now the Indian reservation in terms of Klaus and Gil Bates and all these characters on a global level, that's the macro scale version of this. But I think Huxley is intentionally choosing the idea of reservation to key us into the fact that oh well that's what how they're you know we're all on a reservation right, yes,
0: yeah well if they if they get their fifteen minute cities we're all going to be right, in terrarium exactly. I mean that's that's literally terrariums you know exactly. uh, that uh, that the line project out there in Saudi Arabia you want to want to put people in a in a in a however mile long fishbowl and uh, it's just exactly that's what it is okay look, I'll, over here on the thread now. This is from Karina. Karina says, I understand what you mean uh, because I felt the same way about such and such. I will say that it's one of the hardest books I've had to read so far, totally out of my comfort zone. It blows my mind it was written in 1937. Gino uh says, it's interesting that even when every human is an en- engineered to the way the elites want them to be engineered, they still have a Bureau of Propaganda and College of Emotional Engineering. Also funny that the three great London newspapers are housed there. At least all the way back then, Huxley is straight up admitting the media is just propaganda. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, let's see, Lennox says i just wanted uh, just watched the oh, talking about demolition man i was surprised that it contained many references to brave new world including the character sandra bullock plays is Lenina huxley uh here is a link to watch the movie for free i haven't seen Demoli- demolition Wait, man movie? i haven't seen oh, that in a long right. time that's right she
1: is called Lenina. i forgot that I'm gonna have to watch that. I mean, you, uh, oh, you... yeah, we we did a whole breakdown of Demolition Man and I actually forgot this. Um, I'm glad that person mentioned that. Uh you should go, yeah, you should go watch it because it's a social justice society. So that was something that Demolition Man got that all the other uh dystopias didn't get. Because like I said, Jamie and I, we watched chronologically all the dystopias. So like whatever year the dystopi- dystopia is supposed to take place was the order that we watched it in. So I forget what year. I don't know if Demolition Man is like 2100 or 2800, 2180 or something like that. Um, But yeah, you can't, um, you don't have physical sex because there's a scene where when they wake uh, Sylvester Stallone up in the future from cryogenics, he thinks he's going to get laid with Sandra Bullock, and they're sitting there. And she's like, "Okay, put your glasses on now." And it's like these VR goggles. Yep. So, and then he's like, thought we going to do it? Are we going to get laid?" <laughs> and she's like, Ew, no, I'm not going to touch your bodily fluids."
0: <laughs> I have to see this movie again. It's
1: been so long. See, i going to a... blow you away now. It has false flags in it. It's got everything in it. Jeez. Okay. All right. soldiers. Man. So both both uh was wesley snipes and sly are super soldiers thank you
0: for that Lenick. uh so Lenick, if you, if you follow if you follow jay obviously i'm i'm sure that that'll pop up sometime in the next couple of uh streams that you do um here is another one oh uh dyslexic angel replied to that said that is a great and prophetic movie i watched it again a couple of years ago when i sensed we were heading down a path that i was uncomfortable with much like reading this book very uncomfortable and um Linda Semmel says, "I would love it if Jay could give a brief history of Aldous Huxley. Did did most of his ideas come from his brother? I'm listening to Michael York read the book on Audible and reading along. I only mention it because Michael York does such a great job and brings the book to life. Do you know uh, anything about Aldous Huxley's? Uh, I don't. Uh, who uh, his brother? His background? Where he comes from?
1: Um, I don't remember much. A lot about his." personal background except that um, all three of them were part of that inner clique Um, and i don't think he was a noble truth teller trying to help people out because there's three three brothers i think there's three um so julian is the one that coins the term transhumanism and he uh, writes unesco's philosophy that's one of the global elite texts that we've covered is the philosophy of unesco by julian huxley and that's just 100 percent a Biometric, technocratic control society—that's that's what the whole philosophy is about. It's a not fiction. It's the philosophy of UNESCO. Um, I have another book of his that we've covered called uh, something like "Science Science of Revolution" or "History of Scientific Revolution," something like that. It's pretty good. It has one chapter that's relevant for like technocratic control, and then the other brother—I forget his name—but he was one of the M culture doctors um in the uh in uh australia so quite a bit of crazy stuff going on with there's leonard huxley was the dad julia is the mom i don't know much about them and then he has julian his brother and then i don't know where i was i know i don't know where i got that. there's i thought there's another brother maybe it's a cousin there's a cousin called peter so maybe that's what i'm thinking of Hmm. another relative but Anyway, I mean they come from the Galton, Darwin, Huxley bloodlines. Thomas Huxley was the great-granddad zoologist, uh, agnostic, controversialist. He's called Darwin's bulldog. So um his his granddad was the like evangelist for for Darwinism.
0: So there's a there's there's quite a quite a pedigree there. No doubt oh, yeah. about I mean, it.
1: They're in the they're, they may be inner party members okay when it comes to the elite you
0: know. so so when you when when you consider somebody like this uh, inner party members and they write as dis- i mean i don't know if it's just realism or if it's just disparaging about what the plans for the future are was was huxley a, a agent of the light who's trying to warn people or is he playing against that karmic revelation of the method uh where you, you got to tell people what's happening or else you know you're, you're going to
1: no i think he was 100 percent a luciferian initiate part yeah. of the inner inner party so this, a, a, this is a taunt then oh yeah okay. if you watches uh berkeley lectures he even speaks that way he's uh-huh. like well of course even the audience don't realize you're going to do this and you don't even realize it and even if i told you you couldn't believe it he's just he taunts them in in his lectures
0: this well that turns it all around for me right there jay i didn't know if this was just somebody uh trying to warn the world but here
1: no he's like up there towards the eye of the he's up up the, near the top of the pyramid jeez he's taunting the world
0: that that makes us even worse. <laughs> god oh man this, that that makes us even darker yeah
1: he's up at most of the people in the royal society are pretty much any anybody that's up in the royal society you don't get there unless you're in on all this
0: Well, Lee. all right all right well here's Here's one from Unfettered. Unfettered says, The entire Solidarity service was off-putting, but this in particular was resoundingly disturbing. Quote, The service had begun. The the dedicated Soma tablets were placed in the center of the table. The loving cup of strawberry ice cream Soma was passed from hand to hand, hand to hand, and with the formula, I drink to my annihilation. Twelve times quaffed." I drink I, that, that there, too, got me, too, Jay. I drink to my annihilation. Uh, he uh, Unfettered goes on to say, Bernard Marx is not really a likable character, and yet his capacity to seek a self-identity, if only just because his physical inadequacy sets him apart and isolates him, is, in a sense, heroic. Heroic in that when, when you stop to consider the layers upon layers of conditioning from test tube to embryonic chemical manipulation to uh, hypnopedia through childhood and on and on, the constant conditioning, brainwashing and manipulation to resist in even the slightest degree such conditioning is heroic display of the human being still present despite it all. There is something truly hopeful in that every attempt to suppress and destroy the organic human being, still the human spirit persists. I think I've mentioned something to that degree a couple times now, that despite everything going against them, there's still that spark, that even if they can't articulate what it is, what's, said, what's making them feel off, that, they're, that, that some characters are clawing to figure out what it is. I think that is, that's remarkable in itself
1: way i apologize i got distracted because i was trying to figure out who the other huxley was so there's a good book that i recommend reading called mk ultra in australia you can find it on uh, archive.org it came out in 2015. it's basically a little like 100 page little little text i printed out out read the whole thing and that's how i came across this um so there's another relative he is part of the huxley family but he is a physicist named leonard huxley and he was involved in MKUltra stuff in Australia. Cause for those that don't know MKUltra is like, it's not just the US, you know, oss program. It's actually done everywhere. It's done at universities in Canada. It's done, it uh, turns out also in uh, a lot of MKUltra programs in Australia. So uh, one of those weird characters was a relative of Huxley I'd never heard of, uh, Leonard Huxley. So, but anyway. I apologize. I got distracted about that. What, oh, what, what was your what were you talking about, Frank?
0: Oh, well it was it was a um, unfettered a member of the audience had just put out there a little excerpt from the solidarity solidarity service, and and uh, oh that, that yeah yeah and then and then quipped about how they even though Bernard Marx is not a likable character, and I saw a couple other people agree with this. I thought I think it was uh, NJSF had agreed with it and. A little bit farther down the line, a Dyslexic Angel agreed with it as well. They said, I found Bernard a great example of no matter how hard humanity uh, tries to create the idealistic world, if we do not own our actions, thoughts, behavior, we end up creating the exact thing that we were running away from. With all the conditioning, brainwashing, manipulation, we still have a mind to think, a private place where all we can be still be is ourselves. You see, this is why this is why the, the Soma and the the group activity in that that religious setting is so important because there's obviously some kind of a human spark and essence that is that can't be suppressed even if you took the 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 the, i said the blueprint for what is a human being and you constructed it in a lab instead of inside of a woman's womb uh that blueprint for humanity comes in something inherent inside of it is untamable, at least to a degree. Some people it just you, you can you can bury it down under the drugs and under the conditioning better than others, but that's really what we see with the Wilst Wilm Holtz and um and with Bernard Marks a little bit more. And I agree, he's not really a he's not a really likable character. He's kind of manic and insecure and um, you know, whatever. But wouldn't you be if you're the only one that 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 doesn't like taking the pills and doesn't like the orgies and that's all life is. So I I, I understand I understand how miserable of of a uh, of a uh, a moment or a process of self actualization this must be for any of these characters.
1: Yes, uh, the ritual you know is also we should mention homo erotic and that's relevant not just because of the pedo stuff from chapter three but. Um, if you look up the, uh, well, there's two secret societies that are relevant to this section of the, of the book with the ritual. Uh, I know you were talking about Bernard kind of being an outsider and being a, there's, there's elements of Bernard we like and elements that we don't like, but he's, he's the first character that we think is going to question the system. It'll later kind of, I think we're supposed to, to more so sympathize with John the savage as sort of the protagonist. But, um, I did want to mention also, I just remembered that. T. H. Huxley started a secret society called the X-Club, and the X-Club was all these people at, uh, in the Royal Society in the 1800s, uh, a bunch of people, some of whom are known for promoting Darwinism, like, uh, Herbert Spencer. Um, but they they wanted to basically form a, a pseudo secret society of scientists to promote Darwinism everywhere and the weird part is that by the time it gets to Huxley's time there's another semi-secret society known as the Cambridge Apostles do you know about them no so this is a secret society at uh, Cambridge University and this is all a bunch of people and I was trying to remember if Huxley was a part of this I don't see his name mentioned but uh, Alfred Lord Tennyson, John Maynard Keynes, the famous uh, socialist, uh, equo- Fabian socialist economist, Wittgenstein, the famous philosopher, Bertrand Russell, G.E. Moore. Uh, they were all part of this, and it's a, um, how should we say, a Skittles men's club, secret society. The They also tie into uh, the... Uh, The Cambridge spy scandal do you know about that
0: uh yes to a degree I think it's very familiar so
1: basically British intelligence type people is who's in the back of all this and so this is Huxley's giving you the worldview from the advantage point of British intelligence and I mean I don't know if Huxley himself was in British intelligence I think he was kind of the level above those kinds of people because he's more of a uh you know propagandist for that uh, elite system but I think we are supposed to have these characters that we in d- different degrees identify with and dislike. So, you know, Len- Lenina is not a totally, uh, unlikable character because she does have a, a couple traits where we like her because she likes some of the unorthodox characters kind of right. Yes. But for example, she does, un- uh, uh, unorthodox things like she wants to be in a longer relationship. Right. Um, I think Huxley's saying that women do kind of tend to want to th- to have that kind of a relationship. Um, we don't really like him. Himholtz is a better, more likable character. Cause he's more philosophically, uh, you know, astute to question, the, to question the system, but Bernard Marx is more of a rebel, but he's also got kind of petty, you know, shitty tendencies. So he's not, not that great of a character either. Uh, Mustafa Mond is very much a, you know controlling antichrist kind of figure so um we haven't really been introduced to anybody that's like really that virtuous uh so far except that we it'll probably be john the savage who's coming up
0: yeah um i i there is a couple more there's a couple more here but i think we can we can start wrapping up with the uh, I one poster on the thread njsf left a a long very Detailed breakdown of every chapter with a lot of excerpts and and some thoughts what I will because we, we don't have time for all of it But I will take this this out of it uh, He says also interesting how then Alpha plus Helmholtz, Helmholtz I'll learn his name by the end of this Helmholtz Watson also got an individuality trait while still feeling superior to everyone But finding in Bernard Marx the one person he can talk to about these feelings yeah, uh, here's a quote and mental excess had produced in Helmholtz Watson uh, effects very similar to those at which in Bernard Marx were the result of a physical defect Too little bone and brawn had isolated Bernard from his fellow men, and the sense of his apartness being by all the current standards, a mental excess became in its turn, a cause of wider separation that which has made him hold. So uncomfortably aware of him being and all uh, being himself and all alone was too much ability. What the two men shared was the knowledge that they were individuals. Now he uh, NJSF uh, NJSF leaves one more comment here says, however, his high level of rationalization leaves him stuck and without action to progress. This, to me, makes clear how a moral foundation for everybody is crucial. Um, and I guess that goes back to what I was saying before, where you see how, how kind of depressed and downtrodden he is. He has all this ability, and I didn't even go to the, the moral foundation as I did uh, the, the the societal constraints to have all
1: of it. He you had know. a hell of a bunch of notches, too. Remember that? He had yeah. slept with, like, everybody. they say, he had, like, 450 in the last 640 women in the last 4 years. <laughs> he
0: called him he called him uh Huxley calls Hemholtz an inexhaustible lover, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> inexhaustible where he li- he needed to be having sex like a couple times a day to even rack up those numbers. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, exactly. so uh he said, "Did you ever feel?" he asked. As though you had something inside you that was only waiting to give you a chance to come out. Some sort of extra power that you aren't using, you know, like all the water that goes down the falls instead of through the turbines. He looked at Bernard questioningly. Not quite. I'm thinking of a queer feeling. I sometimes get a feeling that I've got something important to say and power to say it, only I don't know what it is and I can't make any use of the power. If there is something different, uh, if there is something different, some different way of writing or else something else to write about. I'm pretty good at inventing phrases, you know, the sort of words that suddenly make you jump, almost as if you'd uh, sat on a pin. They seem so new and exciting, even though they're about something hypnopathically. Obvious, but that doesn't seem enough. It's not enough for the phrase to be good What makes uh, what you make with them ought to be good too, and I I thought about where we are right now In this phase in our society where it's so common to listen to a person who talks Forever, especially a politician and has nothing to fucking say Especially when you get into these social justice warrior groups, and it is constantly the same points being made with slightly different terminology. People, that's, that is how people win these days. There is never there's no merit to the arguments anymore. They only have one conclusion they can draw. They have only one victim, they only have one oppressor. They they can only ask for money and retri- and retribution and reparations in so many ways. That's where the real skill now in orating comes from. You're not telling stories in Hollywood anymore. You have to tell the same story in different How can you sell to tell the same story in a different way? How many what wh- wh- you know what color is the costume of the main character in this one? But it has to be a woman and has to kick all the men's asses like you, you can't there's no expression uh, So I understand what he's talking about there 100% because I see that is what really limits storytelling in the modern day already.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, the the woke storytelling is I mean, it's cultural engineering and that's what we had seen earlier in the story and we we kind of passed over it, but did you notice the reference to uh, women's heavy uh, heavyweight wrestling? Uh,
0: yes, heavyweight
1: so, wrestling. So, and again, think about it, in 1930s. I don't think there was women's heavyweight wrestling, but the women have been engineered to be, you know, m- masculine as well. So that's it. Anyway, I but yeah. So the the. Uh, the vapidness of the society is interesting and 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 that's what we you know this is pretty standard in dystopian stories where the characters questioning the system is you know unhappy with the kind of you know the vapid low quality of everything in the society and again that's why you're not supposed to think You're, you're you're a bad person if you're questioning and i think you myself all of us who've been involved in this kind of conspiracy research for so many years, like we've, we've definitely seen that <laughs> like we're, we're the, we're the bad people because we question and we think about, well, why is it this way? Who set up the federal reserve? You know, why does the world economic forum get to say what's going on during COVID, right? Like all of these kinds of questions that you're not supposed to ask, uh, you know, Huxley saying that, you know, the bad people who are actually stumbling, stumbling onto the truth are the ones asking the questions. And in the, in the you should watch the Berkeley lectures uh, that, that accompany the book because he says quite a bit in that, too, and explains how real the book is. And he says something like, you know, any sane society would consider this insane. Mm-hmm. And he's like, so what we have to do is just basically change everybody's idea of what's insane. <laughs> so just invert everything and he says that's how we'll we'll pass this over on everybody and he said that one of the things that 1984 missed which is that my which is a central piece of my book is this sacrament of uh drugs and so now we now live in the big pharma world especially post-covid right yes and so yeah. that should be all the more evident that he was describing you know aspects that even orwell didn't get right
0: and I think that you and I, um, on our separate broadcasts before,, uh, we have make I, you, you might have, I think I know this because I think you might have had it as part of one of your Infowars broadcasts on the fourth hour because uh, i've 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 been flipping through talk stream radio several times and 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 put on Infowars when you're live. and I, I listen and and I think that you and I have both spent a considerable amount of time. Actually, breaking down the, uh, the the parallels between what we're living through post twenty twenty and the emergence of a pseudo religion where the drugs are the Eucharist, you know, they have they have their mantras, they have their holidays, they have their martyrs, they have their 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 their, their heroes. It's it's uh, it's an incredible right. it's an incredible parallel, and uh, to see it really come full circle in uh, in a book like this. Now, I have a um, I have a suggestion that maybe for next week we read chapters 7 through uh 7 through 11 so it's like 70 pages it's cha- it's page 108 until 171 and okay. that that would put us on track to be able to finish the book before the end of march that's what i just didn't want to you know i wanted had to have a nice crisp reading experience and i think that uh, 7 to Seven to eleven would be good okay and that's, that's what, perfect yeah so all right well ladies and gentlemen I, I, I the the chat room has been on fire tonight people have been wonderful these these uh these thread these thread um call put that down so I can think straight um, all of the submissions to the thread have been fantastic I really love that Jay have you been uh, sharing the thread with your your subscribers?
1: Uh, well, I've been sharing the videos. Uh, okay, cool. I saw you sent me the thread today, so I haven't shared that yet. But I'll be happy to when I send out this uh, part two to my subscribers. So yeah, yeah.
0: No, do- no, no doubt. And and when I when I when I make the the thread for session three, I'll send that to you as soon as I publish it, in case okay. in case anybody uh, in your audience that is is reading along wants to wants to contribute, because then we can read it onto the air. But um, but yeah, dude, this has been great. Anything you want to leave with before we, uh, we conclude for the evening?
1: No, it uh, covers all my notes. Uh, let me see. I did have in Chapter 6. Let's see. No, that's it. Um, she uh, put that she doesn't mind being a piece of meat. She wants uh, Bernard begins to feel the desire to be free. The society is childlike, arrested, development. Uh, everybody's infantile, ain't of the child um yeah that's, we got everything
0: well this is it i mean seven the, the, these chapters that are coming up right now we are introduced to pivotal characters and we, we're going to see the plot go into uh we're, well we're going on the reservation not off the reservation and that'll be uh, that'll be good jay thanks for everything my friend send my best to your wife and we'll talk soon absolutely all Thank right you frank
1: have a good night take Appreciate care it.
0: ladies and gents i ha- oh that's that's me from before look that's the past Do You see that frozen on screen. You're looking at the past now. This is the present. You see how much I've aged Uh, I have had a great time with you guys. Thank you. I see Kim Robles Nancy Nelson Dwayne Mary Sue and Chris NJSF is there Uh, Let's see here Ruben Ashley Rosie Jimmy Kim Casey Kakalaki. Our good buddy Jerry, representing the entire country, of Scotland, Katie, and uh, I, I'm I'm happy that you guys are here. Uh, next week, we will get together, same time, same place, and man, we're go- we're going to have a nice, nice, crisp month of March. We're going to read this book in the month of March, and then we'll have a little bit of a break in April, maybe May. And then I think in June, we'll jump into the Tocqueville. But for now, keep all of your thoughts going and keep highlighting and writing notes. And I will put that thread up by hopefully tomorrow for session three. And we're going to have a great time. Thank you for everything. Uh, It has been enlightening. It truly has. Talk to you soon.